All right. Well, hey there. I am Pam. I'm your host today of the Render Podcast. And I'm here with a new friend of mine, Ricky Hayes. And he is the CEO and a DJ MC for Vox DJs in California. We're going to be talking all about warehouse spaces. So if you have a warehouse or if you are wanting a warehouse at some point, listen up, tune into today's episode. We are going to have a great conversation all about that. Hey there, you're listening to The Render Podcast, a podcast for creatives. I'm Cam, a visionary leader who has failed and thrived through small business leadership. After being in the events industry since 2010 and working with brands such as Nike, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Create and Cultivate, I became wildly passionate about education for small businesses. I teach others how to work with their dream clients, the mistakes I've made along the way. I hope you leave here refreshed, engaged, and ready to take on your company, making the next right decision. So Ricky, will you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and maybe your favorite thing when it comes to warehouses? Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Cam. Uh, Pleasure to be on the podcast here. Uh, Like you said, my name is Ricky Hayes. I am the COO of Vox DJs. We're located here in Torrance, California. I'm coming to you from our office. Uh, I'm pretty local to the area, myself and my family. I I have a wife. I have a four-month-old daughter. uh, So new dad here. Uh, We live in Redondo Beach. If you're not too familiar with the area, if you've ever flown into LA, we're about maybe 10 minutes south of LAX. So that's kind of a good landmark. We're down on the beach, but you know, we love the Southern California lifestyle here. I was born and raised here. It's kind of hard to leave when, you know, your, uh, your weather extremes go from maybe 60 to 80 degrees. And, you know, it's very cohesive for our event industry. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's where we are. Uh, the company is based in Southern California, but while we started here, we're also in Arizona. That's one of our newer operations. We're in uh, Tempe, Arizona, and we'll, we'll probably touch a little bit about that expansion in this conversation about the warehouse there as well. Uh, but yeah, so we operate in the Southwest, essentially. We've been in business now over 25 years, and I've personally been with the company for eight years uh, plus now, going on nine this year, and DJMC on the weekends. All through the day, I'm here in the office and overseeing our operations of all of the locations. So it's a quick little background on myself. So once again, thank you for having me today. Of course. I did not realize that you guys had a location in the Phoenix area. I actually started my business in Phoenix, in Tempe, actually. Yeah, that's where we're at now. That's exciting. I'm sure we probably know some of the same vendors. I'm sure there's some overlap with that. Very exciting. Yeah. How many DJs and team members do you have and how many events do you do per year? Well, uh, now it's a little bit different. We're rebuilding as much, you know, pretty much all of us are post COVID-19 here. But so I guess we can speak to before and kind of current where we're at. Uh, Going into 2020 in the beginning of the year, we had roughly fluctuating around 160 employees. Uh, now, that's a combination of DJMCs is one category. We also have our photo booth attendants and we have our production techs. So 
that 160 to 170 employees uh, represents three offices uh, in California and one in Tempe, which we mentioned. We also have our staff members who work in our office here. Uh, it's a more of our centralized headquarters for a lot of our management. And prior to COVID-19, the previous two years, we were doing right around 4,000 events a year. Uh, we can operate in a large volume because the majority of what we do is DJMC work, which is you know, one staff member, set of equipment, go out on a wedding, go out on a corporate event, pretty self-sustained. So we have been operating at a very large volume. Uh, now, currently, we're getting back or we're reopening. Uh, we're down around 80 employees at the moment, but hoping to bring more and more back as we get towards the end of the year. And uh, time will tell what we can do this year as far as events, but the fall is looking very, very promising here in SoCal. Uh, so we're really crossing our fingers to get back to those numbers hopefully by next year. That would be great. I think it's um, kind of funny that we talk about, we're like, well, pre-COVID, this is what we did. Yeah. Now it's a little bit different. I totally get that. Yeah. I mean, we all have that same goal right now. We know, yeah. you know, before COVID, probably you were on this trajectory. Right. You know, we've had, you know, wherever you were, let's hope for that. And then it hit. And now you're kind of figuring out, well, how do I assess my numbers and where I'm at? Because you know, I, do, I, I don't want to lose steam. You know, I want to go back onto that trajectory I was on. But uh, that, so I'm assuming pretty much most of us are in that same position of the here we are currently, but you know, I yep. still have the same goals, right? Right. Yeah. It's just a matter of when those goals are going to actually be attainable. You never know. Well, we are talking about warehouses today, your warehouse space, how you came to buy your warehouse space or rent your warehouse spaces. I have one. I know that you have multiple. And so, um, kind of take us on a journey from where you started to where you are currently. What has your warehouses in the places that you store your place, your stuff in, what has that looked like over time? Did you start in a garage or did you start in storage units or did you start in a warehouse? Take us on a journey of kind of where you have landed. Yeah. A journey is uh, that's an <laughs> understatement of where we yeah. started to where we are now. Yeah. I agree. Uh, good, good reference. So uh, again, for my background, I came onto Vox DJs about eight years ago now as a DJMC. At the time, we were operating in Manhattan Beach. We've always kind of had our headquarters in the, what's called the South Bay here in Southern California. When I started with the company, we had an office that had about three desks in it. And we were lucky enough, this office space that had maybe, you know, had your chiropractor next door, a yeah. tutor, all that. There was a storage closet in the, the underground parking lot and the landlord let us rent that storage closet. Nice. That was the warehouse. That was it. Uh, it, was a, it was a warehouse in this parking lot that, I mean, it was probably like a, a 12 by six or seven foot <laughs> closet. Yeah. Uh, so we... We built our little wooden racks on, on the sides. We had little rollers with speakers and DJ systems stacked, uh, you know, in little kind of tape lines. And, you know, at this point, we were only DJs. We didn't, we didn't have lighting, maybe like a dance light or two. We didn't have photo booth. We didn't have any of this. So you were, you know, we might do 
10 events on a weekend at that point, you know, uh, maybe higher numbers if DJs were bringing their own gear. So that's where it started. It was really, really messy when you had three people trying to check out gear at the same time and people going in and out of this little door. Yeah. So uh, that like, was about eight years ago. We all start messy. Exactly. Yeah. We did have, we started moving. The first development there was we started having someone more dedicated to the role of maintenance of that equipment, prepping, you know, checking in equipment, which we realized, well, if we're going to replicate the same standards every single weekend, you needed someone to pay much closer attention than just the staff members coming and, you know, paying attention to the gear. Uh, you know, there's just, we all deal with this. Like you go out, something gets wet, something breaks, how do you replace it? So, you know, about, let's see, maybe about six years ago, seven years ago, we made the jump to, which was a big jump at the time, you know, two storage units down the street uh, in Lawndale, California. We kept the mentality we needed someone there, but there was actually kind of a ripple to this of move to a storage unit, which great, you have it under lock, security, all great. But you lose some of these things that we'll probably talk about here are essential. Uh, no Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. You don't necessarily have a bathroom for your staff, which is you know some you got to go up to the front of the storage unit. Right. Uh, access when it's not your own thing. Access timing of when you can access equipment inside. I remember this that was an issue. Timing. I think it was like nine a.m. to nine p.m. and most of yeah. happen and end way after 9 p.m. That's it. So some of the coordination of how do we get gear to people and when do they check back in? Like, who can we give codes to for this lock? You know, we had to set up almost like specific rules with the, the storage unit. And, and thankfully, you know, for paying a little bit extra, they gave us a little bit different access than other clients. But, you know, you can't bank on that. So... We were there for years. Uh, we were probably at those storage units. We just kept building where we'd get another one and another one and, you know, have it, well, photo booth is over on this side, which drive around that side of the storage unit property and DJs are over here. And they all have different padlocks on them. Uh, but even electricity was, you know, some of these storage units don't have access to electricity. Right. And if you're running a rental company, or I mean, how do you... How do you prep gear? How do you test gear? Like, what do you do? So, how do you see it when you know, it's dark outside? That's it. Like, how can you? How do you, can you work there if you, right. you, know, you don't have lights? So, we were there for several years. I think we were there for around four years and made it work, but it was clearly a limitation of you, know, that you can only get you can only grow so much. This is really hindering our overall experience. What we can do. So then we moved into, in, uh, let's see, 2018, into the office space I'm in here in Torrance. This is an office warehouse combo. Uh, and a year before that as well, too, that's when we opened our warehouse in Orange County. Uh, I'm sorry, two years before that, we opened up office warehouse combo in Orange County as well. Uh, and also around that same year, we moved to Tempe. So we realized that was the way to go. We needed some sort of office warehouse combo where you could really have everything together. Just of course, then you have to manage your, your costs. Uh, that was the big thing of making that jump, being a, a DJ company is what a huge added cost to get on leases for these yeah. combo spaces. So that's kind of our 
progression here. And, you know, that's where we're at now. We're in a uh, two, you know, two story uh, warehouse here, uh, just offices up top, warehouse on the bottom, in Torrance. Uh, and some of the other locations are a bit smaller. Uh, San Diego, when it's operating, which currently right now, you know, we're not, uh, we're waiting for events to start back up so we can operate out of there. But it's, uh, we do a rental office. Uh, we do a Regis office there just for sake of the size of the operation. We kind of maintain with that, like, well, what our operation calls for, right? You know, not, not every single, you know, we've been in Southern California and Torrance for 20 something years. We've been in San Diego with an office for three. So we're not going to need a giant warehouse combo just due to like routing of logistics. So, uh, we, so we have that kind of, um, you know, start at the Regis office, warehouse, combine it to start your operation to now our headquarters is this side yeah that's awesome i have a similar journey we started in my garage when i started because there was zero cost to a garage and yeah. slowly moved into storage units we were there for a few years same thing i mean we literally had to go to home depot to get those lights that were magnetic you could stick them on the wall <laughs> turn them on yeah. if you needed to um, we ended up storing our warehouse or our, uh, store, uh, trailers there inside because here in Texas, our weather is a little crazy sometimes. Um, yeah, so we ended up having to put our trailers inside of units and have units, um, which I'm sure you guys were very similar. You maybe had one unit over here and one unit over there and maybe two that were right next to each other if you were lucky. Um, and then we ended up getting a combo space as well, warehouse and um, an office. And I remember when I finally signed the lease on that place, I typically only sign three-year leases. And then I'll choose to extend those leases if it makes sense for the business at that time. But I tend to do three-year instead of five-year leases, um, just because you don't know what the trajectory of your business is yet. Um, and so when I signed that very first lease on a combo space, I remember going out to the warehouse and being like, oh my gosh, this is huge. Like so much. Yeah. <laughs> I think I had like 1500 square feet or something, but I was like, this is massive. This is awesome. It's going to be so cool. And I got my stuff in there and I was like, well, crap, it's already too small. Like this isn't going to work. So it went up with the racking. Um, try to use my upward space versus the floor space. Um, I've bought out two other rental companies. And so in 2017, I bought out mm. um, a smaller rental company than me. And so onboarded all of their inventory. And then 2018, bought out another rental company. And so with the increase in product, I had to get more space. So I had to go back to storage units in addition to my warehouse. And so the problem with that that I saw now looking back was what pieces are in what units and what pieces are at the warehouse and when are those pieces going out um, and trying to figure out that logistically wise was a nightmare and so I ended up getting a second warehouse that was 3,000 square feet thankfully in the same business park as me but kind of catty corner to me and so it was Still a challenge to understand, you know, what is over there and what's over here. Um, it's different than a DJ company because we've got lots of pieces and, you know, random things get put on random orders. And so 
one order might just have lounge. And so we had all of our lounge pieces in one warehouse and then we had everything else in another. But some orders are going to have lounge. They're going to have tables and chairs. And they're going to have backdrops. And so it was trying to figure out, okay, what's in this warehouse? What's in that warehouse? The people in the evenings dropping everything off. If they're lazy, they're just going to throw it in one warehouse for the morning crew to come in and be like, <laughs> this isn't where that goes. That goes in the other warehouse. So yeah. logistically, it was a lot for a rental company to have that. Um, and then we finally got to this space. And this space is just shy of 10,000 square feet. So, um, but we, I started in a garage, a two car garage that had a car in it. So it was really a one car garage. Um, I just think it's so fun hearing, you know, the journey because I feel like, um, especially the listeners who listen to this podcast and people in general, when they see our businesses at this point in business, they're like, oh my gosh, you have 10,000 square feet or, oh my gosh, you have three locations. They think that's so cool, but they didn't see the journey of us getting to where we're at now and seeing that, you know, you were in a storage closet in a parking garage and I was in a, my own home garage. And so they don't see that side. So I think it's nice to be transparent and kind of share that journey. Keep in mind, of course, like these are years and years for like, how long ago was that? You said that, you know, you were in, uh, you know, your, your two car garage. Yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah, exactly. You know, and same for us, you know, even before the one that was the storage closet in Manhattan Beach, we were in El Segundo and very similar, you know, that was 10 years ago again, too. So it's, we're not close, you know, we're around, this operation is, you know, around 3,500 square feet here. But, you know, so hearing you, it's like, well, 10,000 square feet. I mean, we obviously you have some larger objects than we do, but you know, that would be the dream is for us to get where we can do that as well too and, and have that need. So, right. you know, it, it, it is, it's different places in the road that you're on, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Right. Well, let's switch gears and talk about uh, maybe some criteria that you had when you were searching for your warehouses. When you went on the search, when you were moving from even a warehouse to another warehouse or adding on to your warehouses, what were some things that uh, made you say yes or no to certain ones? Yeah, so there was actually two things that were the first red flags for us that we need to move to somewhere. Uh, I talked about the storage units earlier, how it was just, you know, you talked about it, like the difference, there's one over here and one over there. So it led to a lot of confusion with the organization. There wasn't Wi-Fi, so we were you know, hot spotting, mm-hmm. uh, which can be spotty, electricity, times are limited. So that was, for us, we rely on our staff coming and picking up all of our gear you know they pick it up in their own cars which uh, we do use our own vehicles but having that access of timing where staff could come at all different hours because of events range from all different hours you know being able to have that access as well as the things like i said at the warehouse like wi-fi a bathroom like somewhere that makes it like work conditions you know then the storage unit that was essential but we also had the same you know, smaller, different issues at the office we were at is while we increased the amount of events, we wanted to go off of the, uh, you know, mentality of we have a more of a headquarters, like a hub for all of our office staff instead of really like, well, you two are going to work in that office that's in Orange County or, you know, we had all of our booking reps, our operational team was all in one route. So 
We also outgrew the office space at the same time. And it became uncomfortable and it became, you know, frustrating because while you could get in there and it's fun to work, you know, back to back with something at your desk, we realized like, well, what if you have a client coming? And it's like, we were at this position where it was like, hey, I have a client coming in at noon. Can you guys take your lunch break? Or could you go to work at Coffee Bean around the corner? Right. It's like, well, why do we have an office if we're sending our staff to work at Coffee Bean a block away? So right. those were our first kind of red flags of when we moved to this space we're in now was, can we find a place where we can house essentially like a headquarters of staff, like enough office space, enough warehouse space where it eases communication, it eases where things inventory are kept. We're not tripping over each other, uh, but not breaking the bank. You know, you talked about the lease. That's such a scary thing about that. You know, we did three years well too. I, I hear you there. That's a scary thing for an, an event company that making that jump. It you is. know, five year yeah. lease. You know, we're going from a, you know, the rent of a storage unit. You know, you know, a couple hundred bucks, thousand bucks, whatever. To now you're paying ten, you know, to fifteen thousand, whatever it is, your lease agreement. So and you're going from um, month to month to a three year. I mean, that's a big commitment. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. And you know, I I know that there's some companies that probably, you know, you may have uh, investors or. You know, totally different for every company. You know, we, we're very grassroots. You know, we, we didn't have any investors backing us. So it was all kind of like making this jump going, can we support this? Can, you know, we see the sales numbers in the locations and we know that we want to get that roadblock of, well, the only way we're going to be able to keep going is if we move somewhere, but then you're also taking the big hit on, you know, your cost of operation. Yeah. So, um, the other thing that was like kind of like this sub essential was the overall location of warehouse office in proximity to our major highways in the area. Yeah. Uh, since we're operating where everyone's picking up their equipment, you know, there were some warehouses and, and places we saw that were more affordable potentially, but uh, was the neighborhood safe? How close was it to our freeway system? Mm -hmm. Everything here in LA is, you know, hopping on the 405 we're hopping on freeways yep. going wherever and spending hours in traffic <laughs> so if our staff is commuting to our warehouse from 30 minutes away 45 minutes away wherever they live i want this warehouse to be a mile or so off the freeway so for efficiency for even attracting people who want to work for us like i you know i would if we're up in the hills somewhere with a warehouse where it's a very nice area but it's not accessible at all, you know, on a weekend, you know, that was a, that was kind of a red flag as well too, you know, because everything we do is remote. Yeah. So yeah. that proximity was great as well as think about for your clients. We invite clients to come here. We have a showroom, uh, which I know some people do. I think, you know, you're able to do that as well. You can invite people yeah. in, you know, do consultations, you know, they don't all live by your warehouse. So we operate in Southern California where you, you know, traveling 50 miles, you know, 60 miles for a venue, that's very, very normal. Yeah. So your clients are also that range of, you know, five miles away to 60, 70 miles away. And they want to come in and see your lighting or do a consultation. You, you need to be convenient around a freeway or somewhere, you know, you know, having an office down by the beach, 
great, very trendy, very cool, hip, feels great for your culture. But how inconvenient is that for get off the freeway and spend 30 minutes getting down to the beach to get to right. the school office? Like, right. everyone's going to tell you, no, that's, it's okay. Just show me some stuff on Zoom or send me a brochure. I don't right. want to come to the office. It's too inconvenient. Yeah. Uh, so those are some of our big, like, oh, wow, now that we're really picking this, let's be strategic because we're going to be here for a few years. Like you said, not month to month. Yeah. Really make this the best, you know, combination of everything we could. What about for you? I, I mean, I have very similar criteria. Location is probably my number one. Um, making sure that we are also near a highway. Dallas-Fort Worth is a very large metroplex. And we rely on the highway system to get to a lot of our events, unless, of course, they're in the middle of nowhere, which is also very normal for Texas. But we rely on the, the highway system. And so being within even less than five minutes from a highway is super important to us. And if you're familiar with the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, Dallas is a big city and Fort Worth is a big city and there's a lot of suburbs in between. But both are big areas for events. And so being able to get to Fort Worth or get to Dallas from wherever our location is, is super important as well. We want to be close to one of those highways. Um, so I'd say that's probably our number one. And then also for our clients as well. Most of our clients are closer to one of the cities or um, near a suburb. And so their ability to get to us is super important as well. Um, and finding our location. I mean, if you are in an office building, how close or how easy is it for clients, someone who has never been to your location before to find you, to park, to recognize your building? Um, where I'm at, I'm off of a busy street, but I'm on a, um, not necessarily a busy street, but a fairly busy street. It's very recognizable, the street that we're on. And I've got a big parking lot next to me, and then I have some spaces out front. And so um, it's easy for my team to park in my parking lot and then have uh, reserving the front spots for clients um, so they don't have to see the trucks. They don't have to see maybe some of the logistics that are happening on the side of the building. And so location is super important to us. And then one thing that we learned when we had a warehouse that was separate from our main offices is that our warehouse team felt like a completely different team than our, than our office team. And so we had that too. Yeah. And so for yeah. a communication perspective, if we had an update to an event because we just got a phone call from the planner, she wants to add XYZ for us to go out and tell our crews about that. We either had to slack them, call them, text them. Hopefully they were near the computer or near their phone and they could hear that. Or we'd have to walk across the parking lot down the road and then over to the warehouse, um, which took time away from, booking sales or took time away from whatever you were doing before you got that call to go out and talk to them. And so they just felt like so far away from us. And so that was super important. So we could, you know, look out the back door and say, Hey, John, XYZ needs to be added to so-and-so's event versus having to actually go walk across the street, down the road, all the way over to their place. And so um, location was very important, but also proximity to the entire team and making your team really feel like a team versus team A and team B. Um, and then for us, we, in our first office at the warehouse, we didn't have any natural light, zero windows. Like it literally was a cinder block building. There was no windows. 
And while we could create some light through lamps, through the fluorescence and such, it really made it a really hard work environment to not have windows and not have natural light either. And so it was oftentimes that our team would take, you know, a coffee date day and we'd go out and have a coffee and work at a coffee shop because we just needed that vitamin uh, D to fill us up. And so that was something that we didn't realize was a big deal when we signed that lease. But then when we started looking at other places, we were like, oh my gosh, it's so bright in here. Like we can actually see each other and actually have um, a good conversation over natural light. So um, those were some really important things to us. Logistically, one really important thing to us is tall ceilings. Having 20 foot or taller ceilings is really important to us um, for that upward movement of uh, storage. If you have less than 20 feet, it's going to be really hard to get that 16 or 18 foot racking to fit in there. And so that was a really important negotiable for us. Yeah. It's funny you said about the uh, the separation of the teams because I I couldn't agree with you more. You know, our warehouse crews that's put it, that are putting all this equipment together, I mean, they're the heroes here, mm-hmm. of all that. And you know, I will say, you know, there was times where it's like, you're in a storage unit and it's, you know, 90 degrees out and you're hustling and someone, we make that call or slack and say, Hey, they added, you know, two more subwoofers and some lights and they're over there. Like, are you kidding me? Like I was about to leave, you know, it, it felt like, yeah, just for the culture of your company, like to, to, like you said, instead of two separate teams, now it's like you're one cohesive unit under one roof. Right. I, you know, it's such those sub little things that if you don't pay attention to it, you know, the work ethic can go down and it, it's not fair to that other staff. You know, they're, they're more just as important as anybody. And, you know, so we felt that that's funny to hear you say the same thing. We, I know just what you mean yeah. with that as well, too. It's expensive here. We're in downtown Dallas. I mean, it's, we're right in the hub, a very, very expensive area. And, you know, sometimes, especially during the pandemic, I was like, it'd be really nice to just have like a WeWork space for my team to be in and just be storage units again. I could make it so much cheaper. But then I have to remind myself, I'm like, but we've done that before. Our teams were separate. It created um, some miscommunication, a lot of miscommunication. And just the company culture was very different when we did that. And so... Um, I still have the thoughts of like, well, what if we did that again? Or what if we could create a solution where it wasn't so expensive to have this big space? Um, But kind of going back to the journey of of how we've come to the decision that we've come to, it's really good to kind of remember that. Yeah. Was it, I was going to ask, was it hard for you? Uh, I think you used, I don't know the size trucks you use, but for loading into your warehouse, was it hard for you uh, to find any place where you know that made sense? Like you mentioned the parking lot, but I know for us, our parking lot isn't really that cohesive if we have larger scale rental trucks. Was that an issue? Um, sometimes. So we have 24 foot trucks that we use. We have 18 foot. We have trailers with pickup trucks that we use based on the venue. We kind of pick trucks based off of the venue and what the loading situation looks like there. And so for my warehouse, I wanted places where I could have a dock high for loading and I wanted a ramp to where if we were using a trailer, we could ramp it down versus having to hand lift it down from a a loading dock area. 
And so that's what was really important to us. Um, also, being in downtown Dallas, there's crime rates. I mean, it's just natural. It's going to happen. And so having the parking lot where I could store my trucks and I didn't have to pay extra somewhere else and having a gate. So I have a big steel gate that I get to close every single night. Um, and so that okay. was really important to me as well, because we have had history of people breaking into our vehicles in the past. Thankfully, we keep our vehicles empty. Uh, we don't keep product in our in our vehicles, but um, we have been broken into plenty of times before having this uh, parking lot with a gate. And so having the gate and having the parking lot was really important to me as well. But we look for dock high and ramp because you never know what yeah. you never know what venue you're going to and what trucks and trailers and, and vehicles you might have on your team too. Yeah, we're not there at that level yet, but that makes sense and definitely for us to pay attention to as we move forward, hopefully. Yeah, definitely. And events start coming back again. Um, okay, so what about your mindset when you have searched for warehouses? What what type of mindset do you feel like you have to be in? Are you looking to the future? Are you looking for where your future plans are when you're looking at a warehouse? Or are you looking for current, maybe a year out, but current status of like, this is what we really need right now? Or are you planning ahead and maybe biting a bullet that might be a little bit too big for what you need now, but it will you know, satisfy later on? So we did it, uh, I'll say because we have the separate locations, we almost had a little bit of a different mindset for each one. Mm -hmm. uh, the headquarters here, because we knew we were investing in, we're going to have more internal staff working here than any other location. Mm -hmm. This one really was a what could we do potentially if we had a better space? Like, what could this space create for us? Even though it's going to be a bigger risk with the lease, the added expense, this was very much, you know, we probably don't need this right now. It's such a jump, but this is going to lead us to generating you know, where we need to be in five years. And in five years, let's look and reevaluate and say, maybe we need more, right? So that was definitely the headquarters was a lot of like forward thinking. Some of the other locations, because they're more satellite, we try to go almost as lower risk as possible. And, you know, taking on, keeping in mind that some of these offices, our Irvine office is about 40 miles from this one. So it's not unreachable from here. Uh, we are looking at different areas, but... If this headquarters investing in this one that was more for growth is almost like a safety net for the other one to where that's just a jumping point. So it was a little bit more, this is what we need now. This will help, but let's really be careful of our cost. Uh, San Diego was a further location. And again, I mentioned there that we were, let's do a Regis office where we can keep it simple, storage unit for that time, because that was, again, what we need. But also trying to create that pathway of, well, we know what we could do, but for this point, let's not, let's not overcommit right. too much cost. We have that cost somewhere else. Right. Uh, Arizona was very, very similar as well. Uh, our goal, we did have a goal there though, because Arizona was, that's separate. Right. Oh, that's really much more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's much more unreachable. I mean, we do need to ship equipment back and forth because we don't have the luxury of you know, duplicating every single product we have in all locations. But 
Arizona, the goal was, okay, let's start with, uh, you know, we started with the Regis office as well. We said, since this is separate, we need to, once this gets rolling, once our name's more established, we need to get into that warehouse office combo, mm -hmm. uh, which we have now. And what was the greatest thing about that is we actually shared the space with a, a similar industry vendor. So we split it and it helps with cost. Mm -hmm. We can actually sh not share, but you know, use each other as resources quite a bit uh, for equipment, for certain things like they have, uh, you know, larger scale production, but don't have as many DJs as us. They don't have photo booth. So we sometimes use, you know, their equipment we rent from them, you know, sub rent or larger scale. They need to contract our DJs. So that was our strategic, like, how do we plan for now, but also for the future growth Yeah. Uh, in a very, very new way. Well, I love that you brought that up too, because we do sub renting. Um, we have big goals and big dreams for the business. And sometimes we need a space that's bigger than we might be able to afford. Um, and so we have pretty much since we've had warehouses, we've sub rented space out to another vendor. Um, the last person that was here because of COVID, she had to pull out, which is fine. Um, but the last person that was here, she was a florist. And so we do floral in our business. We do rentals, we do event design. And so it was great for her to be here. And we shared vases back and forth and, you know, we had our names on the bottom of them. So when she moved out, we knew that, you know, her vases were hers and mine were mine, but it was great because we got to share some of those resources, um, and share a space for designing. Whereas I might not have needed it every weekend or every week and same thing with her, but we could utilize the space really well together. Um, and when it came to like freelance work, when I needed to hire freelancers to come in and help with a big wedding or a big corporate event, when it came to floral, I could use some of her freelancers. She could use my freelancers and it was easy to be able to kind of share the labor and share um, some of those resources that you might not need necessarily. Um, we've also had wedding planners um, out of our space. We've had corporate planners. We've had invitation companies rent out space. Um, and it really, one, helps as resources for other people in the industry to kind of lean on and to um, really collaborate a little bit more with. But it also might help with your overhead costs as well, not necessarily just um, to have those vendor relationships. Yeah, there's several in our area here in Southern California because it's such a dense population. I'm sure you're in you know, metropolitan area as well, too, where there's so many vendors that there's a, a lot of these spaces we see like that where there's maybe a DJ, a planner, a photographer, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, maybe a florist, uh, you know, sharing this kind of office. There's like one common area and then separate kind of offices, but as a client, you could almost, if you if you book it right, you can go get like three consultations in one trip. Right, so right. definitely nice, nice way to share referrals as well too, which obviously our industry is so word of mouth referral based, uh, you know, that can really help you out there with a direct, like there's no more of a direct referral than, hey, by the way, let me knock on his door. Let me introduce right. you to so-and-so who's right in this office here. Yeah, when we had a wedding planner here, she would meet with her clients here and she's like, while you're here, do you want to look at the warehouse? I can go grab Cam real quick. <laughs> so yeah. It worked out really well. It was pretty funny. 
Well, I know that you and I both use Good Shuffle Pro, and for our listeners, if you've heard me talk about Good Shuffle Pro, it's our inventory software. It helps us put together quotes. It helps us with logistics. It helps with really everything that we do in our business. And Ricky uses Good Shuffle Pro as well, uh, maybe for a different uh, capacity because you are a different vendor than I am, but we both still use the same software. Um for probably the same purpose of booking clients and making everything super, super easy. There's another DJ company here locally called LaForce DJ. I don't know if you've heard of them or not. LaForce Entertainment. No. Um, and they use Good Shuffle Pro as well. Um, and so I can see how it is really well for um, DJ companies. But tell me a little bit more about how do you use Good Shuffle Pro in conjunction with your warehouse when it comes to your logistics? And the events going out, how is that a part of your business? Yeah, we made the switch to Good Shuffle Pro now uh, a little over a year and a half ago, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. And before that, I mean, just night and day, we we have our guru behind the scenes, our warehouse logistics manager. His name is Arthur Boatwright, and he's been with us now for years. It was Excel docs and you know Google Docs yep. tracking things, Same. printing out checkout sheets. And the really unfortunate thing was we had a booking software to generate our contracts and it didn't tie to inventory. So the first best thing about Good Shuffle that we loved is now our sales reps, we have everything built as packages. Mm-hmm. I mean, almost everything we put on a contract is actually a package, which reason why we do that is we include labor uh, already built into most of our packages. So it's not like we're going to have a billing where it's, uh, you know, a client gets DJ, three DJ systems for a ceremony cocktail reception, separate line item, eight hours of labor at this rate. Mm -hmm. You know, we book as a package, like full wedding package, full wedding package comes with ceremony system, cocktail system, main DJ system. It also includes a DJ of whatever level you pick with that. There's a price associated with it. But so now for our booking staff, which is great, is they can go to, all right, I want to assign this package. The client wants to move with an elite level DJ, full wedding option. That's, you know, X amount of dollars. Then they have in Good Shuffle, we have our staff. Our staff, who are the DJs, are essentially in you know, an inventory-based service as well. Mm-hmm. So they can check their availability if they're already booked. And then they just make them as part of that package. So client gets a nice organized contract that shows this is my package, 1995, but also embedded in that as part of this all-in-one. Here's the staff member I'm picking, right? So that just simplicity right there where a booking rep can see if something is booked, if it's not, you know, logistical parameters of, is it coming back or can we rent from somewhere else? Can we get it from another warehouse? Mm -hmm. That was a game changer for us. Uh, We were manually tracking everything before. Uh, And and also with the packages, like I mentioned, it's, uh, it's really great for us in the warehouse. Now we use almost like a fleet items. I like to call them. Like we say it's a main system. So that's like, Two speakers, a DJ controller, a bag of equipment that's very specific, emergency cables, etc. That's considered a package in Good Shuffle mm-hmm. because that's going out on like 99% of the events that we book if you're a DJ. 
similar with a photo booth. There's like a core essential photo booth setup that's going out if you book a photo booth setup. So I think that may be, I was curious, I was going to ask you about this too. Like that may be a difference between being more of the rental based company like yourself versus more of the entertainment rental company like us. Uh, we have that ability of, if you look in our warehouse, every stall we have under the shelf is like dolly, controller for DJ, speakers, gig bag. That's your core thing. Mm -hmm. So even if we wanted to book something like someone calls, hey, you know, our DJ, you know, we, we have a last minute thing. You know, for us, it's like our warehouse manager, even if he's not here, if it's after hours, we just booking rep puts that package in. We have a cool item system. So we know specifically what items going out. Our staff could come in and there's already a preset. There's no grabbing from different slots on warehouse shelves. It's kind of like a preset. Our core packages are all there. Uh, you just have to check them out and return them. And, and that's what our warehouse team does. So Good Shuffle in that sense is really just help with especially the multi-location, multi-op organization. Mm -hmm. Just being able for at a glance a booking rep can see, I really want to book these, you know, client with a 30 up lights, but I can see on that day in LA, you know, we, we have already, we're maxed out. But in Good Shuffle, they can just look at what we have our Orange County uplight packages or San Diego packages, and we can see, oh, well, we have 20 available or 30 available. I'm not going to tell this client, no, we'll just we'll figure out logistically. We'll route it, you know, that week. We'll have our warehouse, someone drive it up here. I don't want to lose that client. Uh, we had that issue so much before where we weren't sure, like, can we, are we going to run out? Right. Planning for if we need to sub-rent, you know, hey, I don't want to lose this client because I'm short five pin spots. I can rent the five pin spots from another, you know, DJ company or, or whatever. So those are one of the biggest game changers is time inventory and sales in at like one glance. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I agree. And I listened to you talking about that. I'm like, I wish it was that easy. <laughs> every, every <laughs> yeah. order is different. Every single order is yeah. different. Unless of course they want the same, like a repeat client. They're like, we want to do the exact same thing, which I think has happened maybe three times in the last 10 years. But every order is different. You know, somebody wants a pink velvet sofa with two cane chairs and another order wants a green velvet sofa with, you know, two black chairs or whatever it is. So, uh, man, if it was that easy, <laughs> it'd be so nice. Yeah, because you're pulling, you're pulling for your contract. I mean, you really have to keep like items, but yeah. until it's ready to go out, you're, you have someone pulling everything kind yeah. of almost like I can write like like Ikea, right? Where yeah, it's, exactly. you know where your slots are. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember from our uh, warehouse video, which we'll sh where Cheryl that in the um, show notes, but we have little uh, labels on everything. So we name everything. So we say, you know, the Hayes chair is right here and it's on this rack. And um, because everything is colors here, we've got oranges and blacks and pinks and reds and, you know, all the colors here. We have it like a rainbow in the warehouse. And so we know that all of our lounge is in this section of the warehouse and all the grays are together, all the blues are together. And so we know, you know, if you're looking at your order on Good Shuffle, you can say, okay, it's an orange chair. That's probably going to be closer to the oranges or the reds. So I'm going to go in that right. area and I can then see 
confirming, yep, the photo looks exactly like what I see here, but it also says this is the Hayes chair and on the label it says Hayes chair. So perfect, I'm good to go. One of the things that I love about the Good Shuffle is the logistics form of it. Like having everything right there. We do a lot of sub products. And so if I know, for example, do you know what a hapa is? Like a Jewish no, no. So it's this. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So when you get married under it, yeah. You get married under it. There's usually like a talus that you get married under. Well, this hapa has like 12 pieces to the hapa. And so what the client sees is the acrylic hapa. And that's it. But then on the logistics side, it shows you need four caps, four cross beams, four pillars. You need the uh, hooks for the talus. Here's the uh, thing that goes with it. You're also going to need a ladder to be able to get up there because it's eight foot tall. And so it has all these things broken out of this is everything that you need to be able to put that HEPA together. Our client doesn't need to know that there's four caps and four cross beams and four pillars and a ladder and sure. the eye hooks and all that. But our team does. And so if I have someone new coming in, they don't necessarily need to have memorized what needs to be in there because it's already pulled for them. And I also don't have to remember as a salesperson to go in and put all that stuff in because it's already done for me, which is really great. So that's yeah, what we, we use the shuffle for, every, I mean, literally everything. They are a game changer for us. And I'm sure Maybe someone from Good Shuffle will listen to this podcast and they're like blushing from it. But <laughs> yeah, well, it, yeah, definitely. That's uh, for us. It just it was so disconnected before, like bringing it together. And I love what you said about the contract. We I don't know about you. I've gotten compliments on that because of seeing the pictures and the organization of the contract looks to a client like you're right. I don't want them to see. There's a bag with five XLR cables and you know, <laughs> right. five power cables in there. Like, what are they? They just want it to work. Yeah, know, they don't care. They're just like, you're going to up with your stuff. And here's who I have. Yeah. And then we say, like like I said, the, the core system, it's like it shows on their contract. Main system and then the sub, you know, description, mm -hmm. everything necessary, emergency bag, all this. And it's like, oh, okay, great. I don't care what cables come as long as it works. It sounds good. Right. You make my wedding awesome. Right. Love it. So, yeah. yeah. And that you can do it from your phone, like literally from your cell phone. You can sign your contract, make your payment, all that. I had a client yesterday. She called me in the morning. It was an order for Samsung. They were doing some shoot or something for a commercial. And they called me in the morning. They said, hey, we need X, Y, Z, you know, and so many other things. I said, but we kind of need the delivery to happen today. And I was like, well, I've got a delivery this morning, but I can fit you in this afternoon. How about a two o'clock delivery or something like that? They're like, perfect. And she said, I'm not by my computer. Do I have to come there to sign it and like write a check or anything? And I said, no, not at all. Do you have a smartphone? She's like, yeah, I do. I have an iPhone. I was like, perfect. I'm going to send you this link. All you have to do is click on the link, sign with your finger and make a payment online and you're good to go. And she was like, oh my gosh, I've never worked with someone who is so organized and so easy to get booked. So, so easy. And I was like, this is why I have good Shuffle Pro, which I had Those in the software. systems we need. Yeah, I, have, I had a software before and you couldn't do online signatures. You had to print out the contract, sign it, scan it, email it back. Um, and it just was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. And I was losing uh, business because of it. Um, and so we ended up having to get a second software 
to build the quote out in the rental software. And then our team had to input it into this other contract to where they could pay it online for us to then get an email. And then we would have to go back and confirm it on our end. I mean, it was just a mess. It was a mess. And so having that, I was able to get a phone call and book a contract within one hour with someone. And it was just so easy. Yeah, I mean, you nailed it. It's about the client experience, right? I mean, whatever software you're using, if it's GoodShuffle or whatever else is out there, I mean, of course, there's plenty. But there's plenty. if your software is hindering where you're losing a client, and uh, I think you mentioned this, but even making the payment, uh, we would have to send a separate link. Mm-hmm. If you want to pay credit card, here's a link. Go to this portal on our website. You know, it's all link here. Here, print out the contract, sign it, you know. Yeah, that's so inconvenient. I, right. You know, it's easy for you, me you to hope your sales pitch is good enough. To say, all you have to do <laughs> is click the blue button that says view quote and you're good to go. Just follow the prompts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, whatever systems you have that make you look good, that's key. <laughs> yes, exactly. We get compliments all the time. And people who work with us, again, because it was so easy to book. Um, and not only is it easy on the client, but it's easy on my team as well. I mean, it's so easy for me to just say, hey, John, so-and-so uh, booked, and he can pull up the order on his phone even um, or print it out and the little QR code on the poll sheets. I mean, just all of it is incredible. So for those listening, if you don't have Good Shuffle Pro, there's a link um, in our show notes. You can click on it to go check it out for yourself. But um, yeah, Good Shuffle Pro or any software that can achieve what you need to be done is super essential. Do not use the Excel spreadsheets like Ricky and I both used back in the day. There are other systems that are better. That's it. Well, it, but, yeah, you've got to start somewhere. It costs you a little bit more off the bat, but you have that's the that's the investment, as you know, like exactly that allows you to grow. Right? Yeah. Hey there, want to know the number one thing event professionals should invest in to take their business to the next level? Easy to use cloud-based rental software. That, my friends, is Good Shuffle Pro. Grow your event design and decor company when you partner with a software built exclusively for your industry. Get paid quickly with electronic contracts and digital payments, keep track of your inventory, and give your clients an easy, breezy experience. Head to rendereducate.co backslash goodshuffle or the link in our show notes for a free 30-day trial of Good Shuffle Pro. All right. Well, let's wrap up this episode. Is there any final thoughts that you want to share with the audience about warehouses or how to kind of ease that process? Anything you want to leave our listeners with? I think the only other thing that I had is I thought was a really great essential piece is we talked a lot about facility and equipment and systems, but also at the end of the day, we found that you need the personnel someone who's in there because us as you know you doing sales yourself you know if you're in the office if you're at home doing the sales whatever it is we rely on our staff members to come in pick up this equipment on time you know execute at our level that we would expect so we realized uh you know a couple of years ago here that having the key dispatch members is what we call them you know in the warehouse Someone who's going to uphold that high standard is the person that you see when you walk in the door as a DJ, as a photo dependent, someone who's supportive, has the culture down, really wants them to succeed because they're going out on their own event. So we figured out like investing in that person who is going to, you know, I can't be there the whole time and see all the staff when they come in 
Saturday, Sunday, whatever. You know, I'm out DJing as well too. But having that person that's saying like, hey, this is why this is important. Like, mm-hmm. go have a great event. If you need support, I'm on I'm on call the whole time. They're there to reinforce anything, back them up. You know, hiring people sometimes is is tough. You gotta you know, hire slow, but if you can find the right people to be that person in there supporting your staff, it's I think the culture for us and the consistency of our events has really been night and day since we started investing in the people who were there on the ground yeah. with our staff. Yeah, definitely. And representing your brand and your culture, your company culture as well is super important. I mean, if they're seeing that person before they go out and DJ an event, you want that person hyping them up and getting them excited and getting them whatever funk they may have shown up in. Because if something happened in life, like how can we get you into a better mindset and ready to go out and in turn represent the company well as well? So that person is not only there to supply them, but also get them excited for what they're about to go out and do. So that was my only little kind of thing I thought about, like, that was the importance of our warehouse, like the missing link we had before. Once we started getting the systems, that missing link of, uh, you know, we don't see our staff that often sometimes, you know, your staff that are actually out doing your setups and sometimes, you know, you don't see them in the office. So uh, definitely got to give a shout out to our whole warehouse team, our dispatch team, you know, Arthur. Roger, you know, everyone who's helped there uh, from our team, they, they make the whole thing go. Yeah. Yeah. And really, I mean, in the whole, every, all the team, I mean, your teams and my teams, those are the people that are getting people, the clients who are trusting your business and the onlookers and the other vendors that are happening while you're at the events. It's our teams that are really making that happen. Um, as someone who is the CEO of my business and you're running your business, it's our sales team to our logistics team to our operations team to our delivery crews. I mean, every single person is super important in that process and also liking each other. I mean, at the end of the day, you got to like yeah. each other as well. And for our listeners next week and the week after, we actually have a two-part series about hiring and how do you get these people onto your team? So you have to come back next week uh, to listen to that. But um yeah, having the right people, the right warehouses, the right softwares, everything working for each other instead of against each other is super important. All right. Well, thanks so much for being here, Ricky. I'm so glad to have been able to record this with you and share this with our listeners. Um, and we'll catch yeah. you soon. Thank you so much for having me, Cam. This was awesome. Uh, look forward to seeing that next podcast as well about hiring. I'm, I yeah. love hearing that. So. Thank you once again. I very much appreciate it. Of course. Thanks, Ricky.